RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Did I have yawning when this thing started? I don't know. <laughs> That's just how I do things. I don't, I don't even know, man. How do, how do I get myself into things? DJ Eakin, um... <laughs> I am having so much fun with Southern Hospitality yet again, man. And uh, today, um, I just keep trying to move around and get myself into different things, you know, which is where my guy right here comes in, uh, Brian Tyson, Deep Productions, yeah, engineer, producer. Um, we're at Deep Productions, right? Deep, Deep Productions right now. Let me get that part right here in Tampa, Florida. Um, for those who would have to Google you. Give us a little bit of your history, man, and, and some things that you that you have done. Because I could plaque this room real quick. I could go around this room real quick and look at some things that are that are on the walls. I know you're still finishing up the studio here, mm-hmm. but just just a little bit on some things that that you've been involved in. I'm probably most recognized for the things I did for Plies because right. I was his producer for four years. And um, I hate to have to stop you right here, right? But I'm pretty sure right now what we just did was we have. You are not the face that probably everybody was going to be looking for if we told them <laughs> not that at you, all. you were his producer for, for you know, for a good amount of time. <laughs> I've always <laughs> laughed about it. I'm like the whitest white boy on the planet. And I was producing and the, like the thuggest guy that there was at right. the time, like street guy. But that really is kind of the history of me. Like when um, a friend of mine, Chad C. Skills, we've been together since 89. Right. I was scratching on turntables back to back. And I was a bad DJ. I was listening to Kenny K and I oh, okay. practiced every day. That's some, Tampa, that's some Tampa history right here, yeah, too. So I was transforming. I was killing it. Right. I was the biggest looking nerd you'd ever see. My <laughs> pants were up high, I had glasses. He did not expect it right. to be me when he showed up. So that's kind of been the history of me in the hip hop world, I think, since the beginning. But um <clears throat> but yeah, I produced supplies for four years and um we were pretty successful with that. I Pretty successful. I want to get five gold and I get a platinum with him. One of them. I'd say that's that's some damn success, man. Don't undersell yourself in here. That's yeah. some, that's some success right there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of it. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, we we had a couple of hits there. What's up, brother? <laughs> oh, I need to turn this way. I like to turn. I like to turn and look at look at the people I'm talking. Yeah, but the camera's like oh, my bad. Right here. <clears throat> See how I just got stopped mid interview. Like I got stopped mid interview. <laughs> Don't even don't even stop it from rolling either. You made me turn around. This is this is what happens here. I have to turn. Don't even stop it. Make sure they get this part to see that I'm not really in charge. I'm not. I'm not really in charge. Shouts out to my guy Jeff back there. I'm not really in charge, folks. And I was making a a host error. Was it was I sitting like this? Was that the host error I was making? Or was I doing this? I don't know. I was making a host error. But let me let me get back in focus. This is how I should be. Uh, your leg. Your leg. Gotta close your leg. I don't have no dress. Oh, okay. I'm saying the camera's like right here. Oh, okay. So should I, is this good? Is how I like the show? Yeah. This? Okay, you know. You can turn your body. Though, like, <laughs> See, I'm getting it right. See, this yeah. is when you're coached. You're learning. It's my producer over there. I gotta, I'm getting coached. I'm learning. I'm learning. That's good, though. <laughs> you make sure you so, get it right. <laughs> so we were talking about some of your histories. Okay, so you, you, you did a lot of work with Plies. Yeah, we did five gold and two platinum records. Okay. I hear that I did. Um, I did nine beats for him. Wow. On Definition of Real, I did... Worth going fed for if you like fucking die together shit bag in one more day. One more day. You like them them titles? <laughs> I was gonna say, you know what's funny? Is watching your face as you say those titles. As you say those titles, you like, these some crazy ass records right here. <laughs> they are. I remember my, my parents are pastors. I remember having to go to an attorney's office one time. We were talking about the songs and everything, you know, working on deals. 
And I was like having to recite the name of these songs in front of my parents. I was like, I'll just write them down. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to write them down and give them to you. Right. Anyway, but um, I did Dressed in Black on the Realist album. Okay. And Second Chance. And then back in 2006 was our first song we did together, the Robbie record. Okay. And I did Letter to the Industry, a little type of writer beat. We actually put that together with Ply, so. Okay. Yeah, man, that was, that was, that was the biggest things that I did. Got some history, man. You know, I make house music electronic. Media. That's what I was going to ask you. How did you like? What What do you? What was your love though? What was your love for? What 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 style of music did you love when you first started making or producing? Oh, well, I, I was a bass head. Okay. First time I heard bass, I was addicted. Okay. Then I discovered up north hip hop, and I think I fell more in love with that because okay. the bass music all started to sound the same. Right. But up north was. People were really creative trying to do different things and sound different at the, and the time. samples and everything else. Yeah, right. yeah. Everybody was, I mean, you got underwater rhymes and then you got Kumo D. I mean, everybody <laughs> sounded, though. You got the Wild Wild West and somebody rapping like they're underwater. Right. Like, things were like, people really trying to be different then. Right. They aren't now. Everybody. Well, I mean, it's, it's, we're going to get to that. Don't go. Okay, don't, okay, okay. We're going we're gonna to get, I got to get more, I'm getting more history on you right now. We're going to believe okay. it. We're going to get to where music is now and how, okay. we, how we feel about it. That's going to happen in this conversation. Okay. And, and. You said you were making like house, like you were making your, so you Oh, were, but I was telling you, uh, I, I made house music under the name Beautiful Confusion for a long time. Okay. But I did, I did a remix, and I love doing remixes, but I did a remix of Eyes on Fire by Foundation Blue, Blue Foundation. And I got millions of plays on that. I got a call from Warner Brothers at two in the morning about that record. Oh, wow. So I've had a little slight success with that. And really, it's my big dream has been to go in that direction. Okay. But this is what feeds me is hip hop and doing this all day. And I do it so much, I kind of almost lost that dream. I mean, I haven't lost a dream, right. lost the ability to get to it. So I'm trying to get back to that now. Honestly. Okay. So, but I love hip hop. Right. So, so when, you, when, you, when you started to find your way into hip hop, and now by trade, you do a few different things. You engineer, you produce. When you first started finding your way to hip hop, was it as a beat maker? Was it as a producer? I was it, or was it or I was, just engineering I was sessions? DJing. Okay, okay. I DJ nonstop for 10 years. And back then, there was only about three or four DJs in Tampa. Well, you know, it's, a lot, style it's, a, it's a lot different now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I kind of got a name with that. I think that's what helped me get into the studio. Is in the hip-hop world, I already had a name as a DJ a little right. bit around here. But, um, yeah. And then you found your way to, to making some beats. Oh, yeah. So about 17, I got a little drum machine, terrible drum machine. <laughs> right. Started playing with that. And then I got me a little sampler, ASR-10. Started making some loops. I was working with C-Skills, my boy. You know, we were a little rap group. We were right. scratching in the background back, back on turntables, you know. And then we moved forward from there. And then I just started making music and growing. I mean, all the gear. I mean, I just invested in the studio recently. But I predominantly, just bought one piece at a time. and never been rich. Nothing was ever handed to me. Right. So it was a slow process getting each piece of gear. But I knew how to use every piece of it very well. How, how important is that to... Because you mentioned the ASR-10, and, and I've had quite a few. I actually had an ASR-10. I never really, to me, learned how to use it like I should have. Yeah. But I've actually, I've seen a lot of dudes that I know are really great producers, or they make, they're really good people with, when it comes to instruments and keyboards. And the ASR-10 has always come pretty highly recommended. How important is it to understand the actual equipment you have, as opposed to being somebody that just has a lot of equipment? It's huge. I mean, even me and Young and Engineering. Right. I thought, oh, man, if I could probably just buy this $3,000 compressor and just run my song through there, it would sound amazing. And that's what I'm missing. Right. But I didn't realize I had everything right at my fingertips. I just didn't know how to use any of it. So it took years. But, yeah, it's definitely 
I mean, there's some key pieces of equipment that can give you that sound. Right. And that's what it is. That equipment gives you that sound, you know? Right. But you can do fantastic mixes. I mean, you figure this. I upgraded the studio to where I'm doing analog outboard, but I've been in my computer since pretty much known about me. And I've come this far doing stuff in the computer. Right. And I didn't have a million dollar studio. I was recognized by the, uh, uh, what's it called? The Performing Arts Center, Strass Performing okay. Arts. They had me on a thing out there on the wall as one of the most influential studios in Tampa for decades. Wow. And they had me next to studios that have million dollar boards, million dollar studios. I just got my little PC in here with some plugins doing my thing, studying my ass off. Now, I've been addicted to it. Like, I've studied hard. Right. Like, honestly, I was very skinny when I was young because I forget <laughs> to eat because how I'd rather you, do this. How much you wanted. You were, yeah. you were, you <laughs> so were immersed it, in man. what's going on. But but gear, it, it, ha it has its place, but you can do amazing things even if you don't have a million-dollar studio, obviously. Right. You've been a part of some some other some other historical things too. Like you've had you've had you've done some work with Mister We the Best. I, I think that that's what we call his moniker, DJ Kala. You 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 helped do some things with him. Tell us yeah, about that. I recorded. Uh, he came up. I remember I was at the old studio. He pulled up in his Bentley. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> oh, that's Kala. Came in. He was all over the place. High energy. You got to check him out. When you got to listen to this, you know, Plies was there, of course, because that's the reason he was there. Is to record. Right. We were recording parts of Plies for. Uh, out here grinding. Right. I can't remember which one came first, but he came up a second time and we did... Uh, I'm So Hood. I'm So Hood. Right. Yeah, we did that. But his energy was really cool, man. He was showing his album, which was which was great. He was really booming at the time. But he was a cool guy. You know, be, being 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 a, a kind of behind-the-scenes person, right? You see a lot. And I, I, we talked about this a little bit before we cut the camera on. And we talked about being a star, right? We talked about how, pe how many people actually think they want to be in this industry. And while we're on the subject of Khaled, I want to I want to talk about Khaled because to me, I think a lot of people really don't understand how Khaled has always kind of been like like he come in a room and the room kind of there's a different energy in the room when Khaled comes there in the room. Is. And and I, honestly, for me, it's always been good energy. Like he oh, lights yeah, a room up. Definitely. So so when you when you like you said, when he walked in the room, he was all over the place. What would you what would you tell an artist nowadays that, you know, they talk about they want to be in this industry because there's a there's a bit of separation. There's a. There's quite a bit of separation from Khaled, the way he moves. And whether you like it or not, there's a Khaled and then there's, you know, there's what you call, you know, there's DJs. Yeah. But then there's DJ Khaled and what he does and that energy he moves. And I guess I want to touch on the point of you being somebody that's been behind the scenes. You've watched a lot of people walk in a room that they want to rap. They want to be an artist. They want to sing. They want to do whatever. When you hear people talk about that star quality, how important, how, how have you? Have you felt that energy when, like you say, like you said, you've been around applies or when you guys are recording different artists or like you said, when Khaled came in the room, how much different does that energy feel to you as a as an engineer? Somebody who, you know, your job is kind of like to keep the room working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How, how does that energy resonate with you differently? Um, you know, a Christian would probably call it an anointing. <laughs> right. And it seems like that they have something special about them. Right. It's literally like a glow. And it's almost like they can sing, rap, they can act, they can do everything. It seems like they can, they just have something natural. And a lot of people come in and they, I don't know, bro. It's like everybody has a dream to do things. Right. But they're just not gifted to do it. They just don't have it. Right. I mean, not that they can't work towards it to get it. So I wouldn't crush anybody's dreams and tell them to give up. Right. But you do have to pay attention and have, and really pay attention to what your music sounding like. And does it really compare? And you know, I see a lot of people get interviewed. And they ask them, you know, what makes you different? 
Right. And I know what their music and everything says, and there ain't nothing different. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But they say a few things, but it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's like people aren't really trying to be different, like we were talking about earlier. Right. But as far as the glow, I think it's very important. Um, it's a rare thing for somebody to come in, and I've seen it. I was like, that dude has the charisma, the glow about him. Right. The way he dresses, the way he carries his confidence on the on the microphone, and the way he comes in and talks, he just sounds like he's already made it. All he needs is a deal to go with it, you know? Right. So that's what I, I mean. I don't know if I answered your question. No, right you, you did. I mean, because at the end of the day, I, 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 what I, like I said, the reason, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you, too, was because you see things from a different perspective. Right. You know, you, you see things, like a lot of people come in and, you know, they don't realize... You know, and I and I, I think back to the Diddy story. I think back to Diddy. Diddy walked when Diddy walked in a room like this. Diddy always said he wanted to know who the guy that was sitting in the back on like the chair that he wasn't talking as much, but he seemed like he ran the room. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you being that guy in the room as an engineer, quite often to me, you're running the room because you got the session. Yeah, I don't I don't care how much. And we'll just use rap as an example. How much weed is being smoked or how many drinks are being passed around or how many uh, groupies are in the room telling whatever, you still kind of got to stay focused on... Yeah, I don't get high, I don't drink or right. nothing. I'm focused. So you got a, you got a different perspective on the room. So that's, you know, that was kind of what made me, you know, your your opinion to me is very valid. Do you ever feel like, as an engineer, that you should just say, hey, you're not good at this, bro. Just get out. Well, I would never, <laughs> I would never do that. And I also wouldn't do that because of I want their money. I'm not that kind of person. Right. So you got a, you got a job to do. Because there was a time when I made beats and they sucked. Right. You know okay. what I mean? And I didn't want to hear that from somebody. Right. But, I mean, there are some people that, I mean, to be real honest with you, the older I get, the more I'm concerned about young children and what their, their kids and what they're thinking. Right. I would even say that simply because it's so tough to make it in this industry, period. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you literally got a better chance of getting hit by lightning or winning the lottery than you do than succeeding in this industry. And I can tell you that after doing this for 20 years and watching only one person made it that I dealt with. And this is me working. Right. You work, work with 40 him. hours a week for almost 20 years. Right. And how many people come in? Hey, we're going to put the new black on your wall. I hope they do. Right. But it's tough, man. But yeah, there are definitely people that come in and I'm like, golly. Now, this is what's bad. I've had people come in. Now, I'm talking about terrible <laughs> I have one dude, and I'm not gonna mention any names. No, you don't have to give me names. I, of course, look. that'd be terrible. But this has been years ago, right? But he was. People came in and heard what he's doing. It was down like almost creepy a little bit. It was so bad. But he was arguing with his woman about how he had to pay for the studio time. She needed diapers. They didn't have any more money, but he had to pay for the studio time because they had to do this record because they were going to make it. And that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, bro, you're making bad choices. That's yeah. So that, that's crazy that people can get that far in their head thinking this is really going to work for them. That's destructive. Well, they say you have to believe, though. They say you have to believe. Well, you do have to believe. Your yeah. baby needed some diapers, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was priority. Right. You, know you don't make that choice. No, that's what I'm saying. That's the, the, the worst scenario right. of that. But yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of studio stories, that one is that. Because at some point, you got to make sure the kid is okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking of studio stories, how important... Do you think it is, and I ask this question of everybody who I who I super value their opinion in the industry, and I probably shouldn't say that because now people are going to think that I don't value their opinion if I don't ask them this question. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> is the team that surrounds the said artist, you know, like, and like I said, I don't care what genre it is. How important to you do you think it is, like, you know, if there's an A&R in the room, which there isn't a lot of times now, or the manager, 
or the, you know, the people that surround the artists, how important do you, how, how much of a, how important do you think they are? If you could put a percentage on it, or if you could put a value on it, say, let's say one out of five. You're talking about the team that's with the artist? Right, yeah, the team that's with the artist. I'm not, man, that's extremely important in my opinion, I would say. I mean, I've only really been around, my biggest situation was being around flies. Right, gotcha. I mean, he had a good team there. Um, but I would say for sure, that's extremely important. You know, I, can't, I don't know what the rating would be. But yeah, extremely, <laughs> extremely, extremely important. important yeah. We're at a pretty high rating. Yeah. you got to have a team. I need a team myself. Right. I mean, it's just been me here. You know, maybe my girl that right. works with me. And I had like Chad around me. But I need a team. I think if I had a team, I could really take off. Like I've never had a manager. I got so caught up in doing this. Right. That I, I put me in the background. Yeah. And you, it's like you said, you were doing, you were producing as well as. Doing yeah. engineer. I mean, that was my pro- my main thing is I like to produce. Right. But I said I don't want to. I don't have a real job anymore. I said let me charge people a few bucks, come in and use my stuff. And I got so consumed in that, I didn't have time for myself no more. So, so a lot I'm of re- get back to that. Now. So a lot of records you produce, you play both producer and engineer for the for your for your stuff. Yes. Mixer as well. You mix as well. Um, yeah. Well, back then, um, some of the records are being sent up to Atlanta okay. to be mixed. Probably I did some of them myself. Work, he picked a few, some of them I do here, and he'd send up there, yeah. Okay. And then, But yeah, but my production ideas were on everything that he did. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, sometimes some of the producers would send us loops, and I'd have to extend an eight-bar loop out to be a full song, and then I'd have to make decisions on when the bass kick comes out, when to drop the beat, and all that kind of stuff. So and, you've, been, and you've I, been involved, in, you've, been, you've been pretty heavily involved. Oh, yeah, with him, definitely. Do you guys do anything? Do you guys do anything now? Do you guys do anything now? Not right now. No. It's, it's been a while. It's been, man, time is flying, bro. It's right. Been, it's, I mean, we're talking about the last thing I did for him was probably 2010. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's been a while. Really, really hood. I think that was the end. Oh, wow. When I was working with him. Yeah. Think you guys could come up with it? Think you guys could make a hit now if you got together? I, I bet we could. You know, somebody did a review on me one time and it said that if flies worked, uh, exclusively with me that he could reach a higher ec- echelon. Oh, wow. I would like to believe that's true. But that had to make you feel good, though. As but a everybody always told me, not just friends or whatever, but they felt like their favorite records were the ones that him and I did together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it seemed like the records that him and I did together seemed to have some more of a deeper meaning to it. You know right. what I'm saying? It wasn't a superficial type of record. He was talking about a second chance to get out of prison or, you know, I don't know. I guess you can't say the feel like fucking record was really nuts, <laughs> but we definitely had a good influence on each other. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't find many partnerships like that. That 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 uh that that some pretty 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 dope times. I mean, like I said, I think that was when I first started hearing about you two and actually hearing about him. As a matter of fact, what do you think about music today? What do you think about like? What do you think about? <clears throat> let me just throw something at you. What do you think about? Gonna take my. Dude, the Old Town Road. What do you think about those records? I mean, do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Lil Nas X, 10 million record. 10, the record is diamond. 10 million. 10 million. And the kid said, if I'm getting the story right, don't overly quote me, that he was pretty much about to get tossed out of his sister's house. He had to make something. The record ain't even three minutes long. The record went to the top of the country charts. Yeah. They got mad. Billboard stopped reporting on it, from what I understand. Billy Ray Cyrus jumps on it. Let's get back up these charts. The record is 10. The record is diamond. 10 million. <laughs> I don't know. You're talking about compared to how songs are now? I mean, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about those songs like that? Like, I mean, you, being a producer, being a dude that 
you know, you you really in here and you like I said, you put you're different a little bit different than me. I don't I don't make a lot of records. I don't make records at all. I you know, I just listen to a lot of records being a DJ. Yeah. But and you I mean you can use another example. I, I just kind of picked Lil Nas X out of the air. So no offense to Lil Nas X fans. I play the record on the regular. Oh, here goes the thunder because I'm talking about Lil Nas X. There goes I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> now look what no. you've done. <laughs> I know, right? Look what I've done. But no, no, you know, I just want to make that clear. No disrespect to Lil Nas X, man. He's doing his thing and a uh, good kid from everything I know. And you know, like I, I respect the record because I definitely have to play it, you know. But what do you think about music nowadays? We might have to edit this part out because I don't even know what song you're talking about. And okay. I don't want to bullshit. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, let's. Is this an older song or is no? It, this is like this is this like is a new song. This is like the number one song in the country right now. Well, maybe if you want to keep this in here, <clears throat> I work so hard doing this, bro. I don't really get to hear what's out there. Oh, we can always listen to it. I can always pull it up, and we can <clears throat> we can listen. We can do that right now on camera because I mean, hey, you're an engineer. You be in here sometimes. Yeah. And you know things things go on. Uh, my phone's over there. Where's your phone? Let's let's do it right now. Okay. Let's do let's. Let's put it on YouTube and and we'll pull up Lil Nas X. And this is no offensive thing. Look, it's the biggest song out right now. You've been in here working. You building a new studio? Yeah. See, I've always been. I work twelve normally twelve p.m. to twelve a.m. Right. With no breaks, nonstop hip hop, local hip hop. Right. When I get off work, I don't want to hear no no music. Nothing wrong with that. Silence is beautiful for me on the way home. <laughs> so I'm not really hearing much. Right. For me with hip hop, I know I need to keep up to date. Right. So I'll go out there and download a few hit records here on the radio, listen to how they're mixed, see what the vibe is. Some of my more favorite ones, you know. Right. And that's all I know. Well, we, all right, so let's see what you're talking about here real quick. Let's pull up. It's Lil, just like, you know, just like Lil Wayne. L-I-L. Lil. And then Nas. It's a space. And then Nas. Right. Like one of your favorite rappers, Nas. Then Space. Then X, like DMX. Okay. You see something there? Did something come up that says Old Town Road? Let's see. There you go, Lil Nas X. Three hundred and nine million views on YouTube. All right. So now, now you're going to ask me my opinion. Yeah, I, you know okay, we, we have a talk. I'm yeah, I'm feeling about it. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, that's because that's where music is right now. Like that's where a lot. I mean, that's like the biggest record out right at this okay. second. You know, once we get to the sad right now, man. no, I'm really not. Like, <laughs> like, hey, we family, so I'm never setting you up. No. Just, now let me tell you. Now they give you a backstory because, like I said. This is not about putting you on the spot. I said, this is, I, you know, I didn't know you hadn't heard it. <laughs> I was kidding. But, oh, no, okay. So the song comes out, and like you said, it's got a country feel to it. Yeah. The song shoots up the Billboard country charts. They pull it because they say it's not a real country song. Then Billy Ray Cyrus gets involved, and that's where that remix comes in. You got to let me back in, because now it's got to be officially country, because no matter what you try to block, Billy Ray Cyrus is on it, wow. and this the kid is literally... I think the kid is, I think he's, what is he, 21? Lil Nas X might be 21, 22. Yeah. The story goes from what I got, meme maker, moves around pretty dope on, on Twitter, whatever. Really cool on social media, like type of thing. And the story that I that I keep getting pushed to me was like, his sister was like, yo, you got to do something. You got to get out. And he comes up with this record. The record is diamond. That's 10 million. You know the industry, 10 million. What do you think? I think it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm very happy for him and I respect him. Right. But when I put that song on, I felt absolutely nothing. Right. I didn't feel excited. I didn't feel emotional. I didn't feel like laughing. Right. It was just a flat line for me. But to his defense, though, no, and no, we I'm both noticed. I'm not, I'm not done. Right. I am. I do respect that he did something different. Yes. That's the big thing. Right. I don't feel it. Right. I think it could be more better done. But I respect that he did try to do something different. Right. And I don't know how many people have thought we should do country rap and blend it. 
Right. Because there's a lot of white people that listen to rap and country at the same time, and I know a bunch of them. Right. So mixing the two, I can see how you could go diamond with the idea. It's a great idea. And to his defense, though, and you and I probably both know this because we've been around this game for a while. When we probably first played a rap record for our parents, they was like, nah, dude, what, what the hell is this? Exactly. So that record is more for, like, if he's 21, 22, yeah. we know who his audience actually is. Yeah. So like you said, but I, I just want to get your opinion on, like, you know, what are you, what are you listening to nowadays? And when you, when you do actually <clears throat> listen to some records, what, what records, what, what records would do, does Brian, the engineer, producer, I like, like to I like some of Post Malone stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now he's got a, he, and he, he came in a different space too. Like, he yeah. came in a space that seemed like it was wide open. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, here, let me see something real quick. I'm bad with names. We're getting some button pushing right now. We're getting some button well, pushing. It's <laughs> crazy. I was a DJ and I don't remember names. Like, I like, I like the WoW record before they started playing it on the radio. Okay. Um, and the Rockstar song. I like that. If I, you know, I haven't produced rap in a little while because I've been so busy as far as making beats. Right. But, um, if I did, they probably sound something more in that zone. And I like the, uh, Black Beatles song. What's it called? What's it called? Black Beatles featuring Gucci Mane? Okay. What yeah. song is that? Yeah. I like that vibe. I okay. like that record. Post Malone got a nice little vibe, though. He's got a, he's got a nice little vibe, too. And yeah. he's not exactly, he ain't exactly what you would call a rapper by, you know, per se, with the way things go in the rap game, either. I'm trying to remember, what's uh, the guy that did the song that was in the Black Panther movie? Is that the end of the Black Panther movie? Oh, Kendrick? Yes, Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Like Kendrick. that song, The Stars or whatever, yeah. I love that record, yeah. bro. Kendrick is, a, Kendrick is a different beast. Yes. See, and that's I what Kendrick. I think is art. Right. When I watch that guy's videos... Even if the song isn't the greatest, the videos are amazing. Like the creativity and his ideas and everything. Right. Well, I'm sure the producers have something to do with the videos, but he seems very creative to me. Yeah, Kendrick, Kendrick's up And like that Stars record, I loved that when I heard it, man. The music, like as a producer. Right. Like that, that you're not in Fruity Loops, just running loops and get the hi-hats going and boom, boom with the piano with two fingers. You know right. what I'm saying? That was art, the whole record, the beat. And I know I make music, so I know they didn't just throw on some presets and, you know, it was a sound design, a sound engineer designing sounds that didn't come preset on a keyboard where you sound like everybody else when you make your beat. You know what I'm saying? I respect that as a sound engineer. That's, that's that. That's that. See, you got see, you also got different ways of, of how you hear music, too, because you oh, make music and you play and that sort of thing. So it's different than like it's very different than the average fan who yeah. you'd be like, man, that's true. Dude. That wasn't even hard. He, somebody got lucky. It's that you know same sound. Right. Like I got records that come in here, bro. I even posted on my Facebook. It don't have the same vocal sample in it. In like two records a day, I mix have that same exact sample in it. I'm going to line it's like, bro, y'all got to stop this sample. <laughs> if you want a female, you want a little sample in your song, sample something off the internet or a vocal. Right. Pitch it up, change it, you know, make it where nobody can know what it is. That make way it, you make it exciting. Do it. Yeah. What do you think about the, what do you think, what do you think the Tampa sounds going to do? You, you're involved with, like I said, I, I know you mm -hmm. said you haven't been producing hip hop as much lately, but you, you, you still, to me, one of the premier guys that's, that's been involved with, with a lot of the sound that's come out of Tampa, or at least been involved in recording yeah. it and that sort of thing. What do you think has been, and let me start here before we even go, where do, where, do you, where do you think it's going? What do you think has been the issue with Tampa artists really getting past Tampa per se? Like you said, let me see, you had Lil' Key who wound up getting out, you know, he got the deal with E1 and he was pretty much nationwide. And I'm not saying we haven't had some successes out yeah. here. You look at what Plies did, but Plies came originally from Fort Myers, Yeah. now in Tampa, you know, mostly residing. So he's not really considered like the Tampa sound. You know, he did a lot of work here yeah. or whatever. What do you, what do you, when you look at the artists as a whole, okay, we had the Kaya thing. Let's not forget that. Can't forget what Tampa Tony was doing before he, you know, he had like a, yeah. he got taken to the side a little bit. What do you think is the reason that the, the sound from Tampa 
doesn't get out of here. Like, you know, like say what's happening in Atlanta or say even, you know, like you look at some of these other places, like like a New Orleans, the sound got out of, you know, yeah. you know, of course, we know what Cali did. Well, you know, Tampa actually, you know, Tampa Tony and the whole dance thing kind of had a sound for that time. Joke sound, joking. Yeah, and people didn't feel like it would go far. But running the studio like I do today, I can't say that Tampa really has its own sound. Okay. Because everybody is trying to sound like everybody else right now. Ah. I mean, there may be a few artists that are doing something a little more unique, for sure. I mean, they exist, they come to the studio. But right. for the most part, somebody, like, I don't know who the rapper was, the first one that went, skirt. <laughs> but as soon as he came out with that record, right. every rapper in here is skirt, skirt. Every record is skirt. It's just echoes. And right. that's the thing. It's like the people who have true talent. I've noticed one thing about people who've got good talent. They have very unique, good ad libs. And good rappers are very good at creating new slang. Ah. Stacks on deck. And then everybody everybody got stacks on deck everywhere. The people who create those words like that are gifted rappers, I think. Shouts out to E-40. <laughs> E-40 be having his own language, boy. Shouts out to E-40. Yeah, they make up the slang and then it just becomes the language of the culture, really. Right. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I think I got away from the question. What was the request? No, 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 you, no dude, dude. Honestly, this is like a dope conversation to me. It's okay. not. It's not. A, it wasn't a wrong answer. So, and but, and fact that I'm like, you remember when we started this? You were like, man, I don't, I don't normally talk as much. Look at you, man. You having a full blown <laughs> conversation with me, man. We we right here where we need to be. No, we were talking about the, you know, the Tampa, Tampa sound. sound. You were saying that how how a lot of people, you know, that are coming in here now, it's like it doesn't seem like Tampa has a sound because everybody's kind of being duplicate trying to duplicate oh, what they, they hear i mean everything has like when amigos came out every rapper i got coming here yeah like everything was like that and then i mean when drake was booming and still i got all my drake rappers that are doing drake records and i just like where, there are people where, trying where, to emulate the drake thing still it's all sing rapping now right i'm mean, I, I, maybe not drake but it's similar it's sing rapping with rappers that can't sing at all right you know i mean they get close to some of them don't get close at all to the note, and I got to rebuild it with what I think would sound good for a melody. So I feel like I deserve my own Grammy for that. <laughs> earlier. How, much, how much longer do we got before the auto tune is, 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 and I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but. I don't know when, when is it going away? Yeah, I, I know, and like I said, I, to me, like, like here's, here's my thing, and, and because I'm a, I'm a history kid, I'm big on history, and I like to get these things out when I'm doing these interviews. Um, mom and dad, Older relatives, of course, they were the first I heard, you know, when I heard the Roger Troutman and Bounce, you know, um, yeah. and Zap, yes. you know, and, and, but to me, Roger Troutman was a student of that machine. You know, he, he didn't just pick it up and be like, I'm blowing it. He, he was a student of how to make the machine do what he needed it to do. My next real big, big hearing of it was, of course, Teddy Raleigh. You know, Teddy Raleigh to me also was a student of the equipment of the sound, which is how he created right. New Jack Swing. Yeah. He, his snares were a certain way, like you said, right. you know, he, him and that machine were almost like one. And then my next real taste of it was T-Pain. Mm -hmm. And I feel like T-Pain, it's bigger than just, he take, cause I've heard T-Pain sing without the machine right. and he does his thing, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So to me, T-Pain was also someone who, like you said earlier, he was a student of the equipment. So it enhanced what he was doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like what's happening uh -huh. now Aside from, I think it's a part of Travis Scott mastered where he wanted to be with it. Right. But a lot of other things I'm hearing, it's just like, I, like I would just honestly, like you, you played me a couple of things, you know, and I've heard a couple of things, you know, here and there. I would honestly, I wish some of the rappers would maybe just see how they sound without it and, and try to get there without it and then maybe enhance it. Are, are you finding that, that we're just, it's kind of becoming a crutch? Oh, it's definitely a crutch. 
for sure. I mean, my opinion about it is this. If you're trying to sing rap, if you can't sing on key, you got to put auto-tune on it. Right. Because okay. this is the saying. If you, if you can't get on key, it don't matter what you're saying or how you're saying it. Nobody wants to hear dissonance in notes. Gotcha. It's just uncomfortable, uncomfortable to the human body to hear it. Gotcha. Nobody wants to hear notes that are like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they just don't. Right. So I'm saying it's better to auto-tune it if you can't sing. But I feel like if you can't sing, you shouldn't be trying to sing. Like, stick to rapping. Because what's going to happen when you get on stage? Especially working your way up. Maybe you done made it. You got all your own engineers and they got auto-tune live on the mic and everything. Right. But I got some people that sing so bad that auto-tune can't even save them. I manually have to connect. I have to manually fix all the notes for it to be what it's got to be. Auto-tune doesn't automatically know what to do. Are we back to the fact that you might need your own award just for some of that work alone? (laughs) You need to have a show for it. But yeah, auto-tune is definitely a a crutch and it's been crazy. And I know other engineers that are watching, I know they have been working way harder these days than they were before. Right. Because I'm talking about everybody wants auto-tune. And since they can't sing, I can't just slap a plug-in on there and it worked good. I mean, some people do that. Right. Okay. And it don't sound good, but they still get away with it. But the engineers that are really trying to make it how the vision is supposed to be, how they know the artist really envisioned it to be. Right. You got it. I'm talking about every syllable of every word. I have to move the note and put it to where it needs to be. So it's right. They stack it so that I got to do it three times for all three. So they all match in perfect pitch and then go to the verse and do the next one. It was a lot more work these days. I'm looking at you crazy because I didn't know it was that much work. Oh, it's a lot, bro. And it's very tedious to stare at the screen, especially if you got a party going on behind you. <laughs> well, that's eating, that's eating the... potato chips in your ears and everybody's talking. And... <laughs> that, that's the artist way, though. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be drinking and smoking and bottle popping in the studio. <laughs> like we we're not, it, we're, yeah, we're not really here. Yeah. Another big reason I wanted to talk to you, man, was um, something that that I that it 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 doesn't eat at me. Eat at me is a strong word, but a misconception about the industry. And in your field in particular, you know, you, you have a lot of these and I'm not calling out any school in particular because I know there's a certain bit of learning. Can you speak to the fact of someone who and let me put it like this. You have these schools or these these organizations that you'll come go here, spend all this money. But what I what I don't think that they often tell them is how many jobs as a recording engineer are actually available? Yeah. For real. Or how many you know how in what you do, you know, as you play producer you play sometimes band member to help, you know, put us on together and you play engineer. So to someone looking to get into this field, what would be your recommendations or a couple of pieces of, of advice that you would give them? Okay. Well, and I know you can speak to this because you can. Been... <laughs> and I also shoot music videos and do photography. See, top class. You see. So the thing is, you don't have to go to school. That's the bottom line. But if you don't love it so much that you're going to study all the time, you're never going to be good enough to where anybody's going to pay you to do anything anyway. Uh, you got to really love it. It can't be like, oh, I want to do that just to make some money and I'll get to it. You can't. Like, I know people that say they want to do this for a living, right? Right. But I, you know, I got to go make the calls for them to get connections for them to go do it. Like, you can't stop me from making the call to find out how, when I can get that keyboard or how I can do this and where I can get a job, who, what beat guy He's got a lot of money. I can try to sell a beat to to see if I can get this new thing. You can't stop me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think a lot of people have that kind of motivation. But I studied nonstop. Back when I first started, it wasn't YouTube. So I was in my manuals. I was painting cars for years. Right. Lunchtime came. I was studying my manual that entire hour just trying to eat a sandwich. because I couldn't wait to study the manual so I could figure out how to do something new with my program when I got back. Oh, wow. So 
I had that kind of commitment and love to it. I just love it. I'm still addicted to how do they get that sound? Okay. And I've been going through hell trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I get calls from those little colleges and stuff like that trying to send those guys to me. And I never went to school. I have no degree in it or anything. I barely right. made it out of high school. In fact, this is the only thing I know how to do. You know, this is what I'm good at. Right. You know, apart from this, you know, I don't know much. Well, you painted cars for a while. Well, I did paint cars. <laughs> I, I know some stuff about some UFOs and shit now. We can get in that conversation. See, there you go. Area 51 right here. There we go, right here. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, man, I, I would inspire kids because when you go to a school, like I've had a few people sent to me from Full Sail. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to do nothing, bro. They graduated. They have a, a bunch of knowledge, but I'm like, so you know how to side chain and kick to the base so you can do this? I'm like, no, I'm not talking about it. I'm like, how could you not? That's critical information to know how to do stuff like that. Oh, wow. They don't know. They, and I, I found out they don't get much hands-on there. And, bro, I've been doing this 20 years. I'm still learning things and hearing things like, oh, I understand. This compression and just, you know, whatever. You're going to make me go talk to somebody from Full Sail now because I thought they kind of lived the life you know, with the late night stuff and classes and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I was going to go and I, and yeah, that, well, I didn't we'll, go. We'll get into that in another in another conversation. But but yeah, like to your point, though, and that, that's where I wanted to go, because, you know, a lot of kids, you know, I go, you know, I go to a school or, you know, they think that I just fell into DJ or I fell into having the connects that I have. And I'm like, this stuff is talks with guys like yourself. This is me and you sitting down. This is me shaking your hand on several occasions and we may not have done anything or I've come by, you've let me record at your studio for something or just a relationship we built as well. But I still had to be like, I, you know, even with the Southern hospitality thing, I had to want to get the right guy in place, Jeff, to make sure that what you and I talk about, the people understand it and hear it. You know what I'm saying? And I think right. that's the lessons that we're missing a lot of times when the, the next set of people want to get into this thing that we're doing. Yeah. You go to full sale, they're going to teach you who invented the microphone and all kinds of information. You don't, you want to get in there and start making music and being productive and then get on an EQ and compress and get the vocal and get, you know, get the song sounding good quick. You don't even get that at school. It's a long process and they don't give you much hands on. I say study yourself. Right. I offer to teach people here. Oh, wow. I charge them 75 an hour. Write down a bunch of questions. You come in here, we'll work through it. I'll think out loud. I'll show you. You go home, work on that and then come back with the next one, you know? I feel like you can get way quicker in the game that way because I didn't have that. Right. And I love to teach. And I don't keep no secrets or nothing. I'll tell you exactly what to do. It takes you, It takes a while to digest it and understand it because we're talking about working with something that's invisible. Right. It's not like you can see it. <laughs> so it takes a little while to understand it. Hey, look, man. The fact that I got to, got you to talk this much, man, I feel pretty good. You, you told me. <laughs> well, you this is something I know about. Well, you told me. You don't talk to me about football. I don't watch sports. <laughs> you told me. You told me you weren't even sure if you were going to be able to talk this long. Sports. We can't have a quick sports conversation. But I like football, and I, I make oh, football. I make, Let, let's I talk about. Wait, wait, wait. I make a. I make a point to watch the the Super Bowl, and that's that's about. So you don't all watch all sports. season. Oh man. So you I don't mean, root for the, you don't root for the Bucks. I do, of course. That's okay, so team. okay, well, let's go there. Let's go there real quick while I got you before before the storm try to put us out of here. I told you about sports. Watch this. How how good are the Buccaneers going to be this year? I have no idea, bro. I don't even know who's playing. I don't know who the quarterback is. I don't know nothing. All I know is they got some new gear. They <laughs> <laughs> got some new master bus compressors out here. We're sounding good at the studio, and I'm studying that. I just don't watch it. I like uh, football. I but like you re- you ready when the Super Bowl comes? Yes. I mean, I like it, but my passion has always yep, been right this. here. So this is. This I, I haven't. I don't like video games. I don't like television, bro. I like creating something, and that's my greatest joy. But you know what, though, you you might have just given me one of the best lessons I've gotten from this interview. 
You are so in love with what you do. You immersed in it. You're not I playing. Am. You're not playing halftime. You're not one foot over here and the other one over I'm here. Good. You're not. You're not trying to do it to make sure your Instagram is hot. No. You really love what you do. Oh yeah, I love. The sound. I don't know why. I've been addicted since I was a kid. How do you make that sound? Is what I've chased my whole life. You know what? I think you just gave it to me. Normally, normally about this time, I go if you could give you know, that next set of people. And I'll, I'll let you steal, but I think one of the big pieces of advice you just gave us was, if you love what you do, you, you know, it's not even work. You just want to be here. You want to oh, be yeah. immersed in it. That's, I think that'd be the punchline. But I can tell you something that I'm most people ears. don't think about. I'm, it's I'm a weird ears. thing, but I noticed it doing this. Okay. When you're happy, time flies. When you're doing something you really love, the time is flying, bro. And because I love what I do, right. I feel like my life is flying by. Because I would say an hour feels like 20 minutes to me. So I'm, when I'm in here, the day is just going like that, bro. The hour is like, is the time's fine. And the artist is flying for them, too, when they're here. Because they're right. so happy to be here. Like, God, it's been an hour already. It feels like 15, 20 minutes. But it's a strange feeling. If right. you really love what you do, the time is going to fly all day long. When I used to paint cars, the days were long, bro. <laughs> and the it's, heat, like, it's like, oh, my God. You just watch the clock and just hope that it. It, and it's just moving five minute increments all day. So I noticed that it's kind of weird to bring up, but that's no, that, dude. Honestly, though, but dude, you know what though? That's that's what makes these conversations genuine to me. Is yeah. when I when I get them gems like that, dude, and I can appreciate <laughs> and respect them because in reality, I feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? I just yeah. I don't always hear people say things out loud like that. So yeah. to hear it means I'm I'm not crazy. If it was happening to me, I'll be like. Yeah, man, time was flying when I was when I was enjoying that party I was doing yeah. when when I was creating something or when I was writing something yeah. that, that really made me go, oh my god, I might have it. Yeah. So now now it's on a daily basis. It's it's the whole life is flying by quick, man. I get it now, man. I get it now. Love what you do and time. Do flies. it with everything you are. And love do it, it with, with every everything you are. Yeah. Oh man, and do it with everything you are. That's it, man. My man Brian Tyson. Hey man, um, deep productions. I I know you're on social media. How can they find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram Deep Productions. Okay. Um, website deep-productions.com. And you just Google Brian Tyson Deep Productions. I come up pretty quick. Okay. And you, you do you do everything here from we do um, we do mixing, mastering, we do we shoot music videos. We've been doing here for a while now. We do uh, photography. We just did a big upgrade to the studio. We used to be all digital. Now we're doing analog and we got analog summing and mastering. My clients are saying it's a world of difference. It really is, bro. It sounds amazing. That's one reason I've been addicted to come in here. I just about worked for free just so I could do the equipment. <laughs> you know? and, I'm, and I'm actually here early because you're still putting the finishing touches on oh, the yeah. studio. And I, yeah. and, I, and I asked you, could I come in here early to sit down with you? Yeah. We got a new spot. Uh, it's 10236 Fisher Avenue. We're plushing it out. It's in progress of being done. But you definitely will feel like you're somewhere special here now. We, we, we're making a blessing moving. So. There you go, man. Right, man, yo, man, uh, I appreciate you. For As sure. always, man, the South continues to have so much to say, man. DJ Eakin Southern Hospitality, my man, Brian Tyson, Beat Productions. Appreciate you, man. We out. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. I'm getting to a point now where I'm starting to wonder where this is going because with all the things that are happening in our world and I have conversations every day with a lot of different people and I have to, I have to bite my lip sometimes. I have to bite my lip from saying, are you fucking kidding me? 
okay? Because that's not, people don't think that's nice, so I try not to say it too often. But if I have to have a conversation with somebody again, whether Donald Trump is racist or not, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do, okay? Because I don't know. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> there's th- if you go back to the beginning of his term and you look through all the things that he has said, every three days, somebody is saying, that's not racist. Every three days for years, oh, that's not racist. Okay, let's call, let's, let's, add, let's add them all up, okay? Let's add them all up. Okay, that's like me saying, I don't eat junk food. I do not eat junk food. Then they're like, damn, I just saw you with the, the at Eats eating a burger and fries, or I just saw you at Elmer's eating wings, or I just saw you here or there. It's one of those things where I don't know how anybody can continue to lie and look everybody in the face and say these things. Now, this is another thing. If I said to you that I'm the least racist person in the world, I'm lying. There's no way I'm the least racist person in the world. I don't think I'm very racist, but I'm not the least racist person in the world. So if somebody said to me, name me one guy in America who's racist, I don't know if a half a second goes by and I don't say Donald Trump. Okay, as a black man. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.